How you doing? This is Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. My name is Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm TJ Miller. And right now you're listening to Sandra Carusi. The one and only Sandra Carusi. Carusin on down the listing highway. Welcome to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi on Talk Radio, AM 640 and HD Radio. Hello, friends. Thanks for hopping aboard the comedy train. I know that sounds so tacky. Uh, <laughs> isn't it tacky? But uh, this show is all about comedy and the people who make it here in Canada and abroad. And uh, there's so much going on in the comedy genre all the time. And we talk about it. We investigate it because everybody seems to have a fascination with comedy. And that's what we do here. And uh, it's very exciting at Massey Hall New Year's Eve, the big comedy extravaganza. Um, they do it every year. Huge talent on uh, on New Year's Eve. And what a great way um, to spend your New Year's Eve, actually, is you go watch some comedy and then go off to whatever party you were going to go to or maybe a late dinner and bring it in. It's a great night out. It's a um, great way to bring in the new year with laughter. Laughter uh, does good things to you. Uh, you don't have to just sit there and get smashed. Wait to get sit there and get smashed. Uh, we have one of the big acts there, and he's like uh, comedy royalty here in Canada. He's a veteran comedian. We're so proud to have him here on the phone. Mike McDonald. Hey. Hello, hey. Mike. Thanks for joining us. No problem. You're awesome. You're in Ottawa. Yes. Where you have been. Um, you're from Canada. You lived in L.A. for a very long time and then came back to Ottawa, correct? Yeah, Ottawa was uh, hometown, so I uh, came back because the family were here. Beautiful. You've uh, We know Mike McDonald. Everybody knows when you've seen him, Mike McDonald, from <laughs> HBO, Showtime, Comedy <laughs> Network. Uh, I was talking to one of our sponsors from our show here, Mike um, John from Hakeem Optical. Thanks, Hakeem Optical, helping us see comedy better. Um, yeah. And when I said uh, Mike McDonald, he goes, oh, my God, he's been around forever. I remember him as a kid. <laughs> and I said, I'm not going to say that. Maybe I will say that. <laughs> but no, Mike, a lot of us grew up with you, watching you on TV. And, uh, you know, it's a huge honor to have you. Uh, how do you feel? Do you feel like um, the grand pair of uh, the genre here in Canada? Um, sometimes. I mean, I, I get some really flowery uh, intros a lot, but uh, <laughs> I usually start off by saying I'd much rather be known as the funniest comedian in my price range, <laughs> <laughs> which is a little easier title to keep. I think. You know, you know, it's interesting. I read this uh, interview from 2013. And uh, so you had you had gone like many Canadian um, comics. Now you're about the era of Howie Mandel, right around the same time you guys yeah. came. Right. Who else was part of that? Uh, well, there was a young Jim Carrey. I remember performing at Yuck Yucks at the time. He was just starting out. And uh, there was a number of uh, Jeremy Hotz, of course, c coming from Ottawa. Ottawa. Ottawa had a pretty good well there. Uh, it was, uh, you know, uh, people like uh, Jeremy Hotz and Norm MacDonald, myself. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it was pretty good. Uh, I, I've, I've always said that, you know, if, if comedy was an Olympic sport, the Canadians would medal every time. <laughs> That's a great analogy. So yeah. true. And and then a lot of the guys you mentioned we're fortunate to have on this show, too. So you were like my missing link. I needed you to complete oh, cool. my comedy puzzle. Uh, but those guys, like you, migrated to the U.S. You did, some went on to some stuff. Like you said in your interview, you did a lot of development and a lot of programs and pilots. Yeah. That did and did not go places. 
Yeah, I had extremely bad luck. Uh, there, there was a period there where the moment somebody really liked me, they died within six months. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so after a while, I started saying to people, don't like me too much. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's frustrating. Yeah. When you were there and you're putting your time in. Yeah, it was weird. Like, you know, people always ask why I went there. But, you know, the the idea of going to Hollywood, California was ingrained in me since I was a kid watching Bugs Bunny and, <laughs> and movies like The Grapes of Wrath. It was always go to California, go to right. California. And, you know, the the nicest thing about California was being able to wear short sleeve T-shirts oh, all yeah. year round. Yeah. But uh, that, that's about the only thing I miss in LA, <laughs> the weather. Everything else they can keep, and I'm, I'm much happier being back in Canada. Which, yeah. you know, I, I, ironically, when I when I did live there, uh, 95% of all my stand-up was done in, in Canada. So I would always travel back and forth, back and forth. That's interesting. So one thing, just so you know, we want to fill you in, Mike, is um, some of us comedians got together, and we've created this coalition, and eventually it's going to be an association and it began with Sandra Battellini, who wrote an open letter to Prime Minister Trudeau. And yes. um, are you familiar with that letter by chance? Yes, yes, I've been following it, and it's a, it's a very interesting topic, to say the least. Yes, and we're going to talk more about it. We talk about it a lot. We kind of launched it here on this show, and we're kind of progressing. I met, um, Sandra and I met with the NP, uh, I met with MP, Liberal MP Sven Spengemann in my area to talk about it. Uh, former conservative MP Brad Butt is going to help us get in touch with the Consul General. And ultimately what we want and what comics want is reciprocity when American comics come here. Um, it doesn't take much to work in Canada. No paperwork, barely any money. But when Canadian comics go to the U.S., there's five, ten thousand dollars $10,000. Exactly. Is it crazy? I, I, yeah, I, I think that's the one point in all of this that uh, it's pretty hard to argue against it. You know, uh, um, right. like, so, like on the on the other side of it, I've 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 had to wear like like through no choice of my own, I've had to wear like a badge of honor. The fact that I've never been subsidized, that I've had to earn every penny I've ever made. You know, like the mm-hmm. comedy is the only thing that doesn't get subsidized. Crazy. But, well, uh, but 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 the idea of us being able to work down there a little easier, I think that's only fair. Right. We're going to talk more with that on uh, Comedy Royalty. Uh, Mike McDonald on the line with us from Ottawa. I'm Santa Cruz on Inside Jokes Talk Radio, AM 640. Hey, this is Russell Peters, and you're listening to Sandra Juicy Carusi. <laughs> Back on Inside Jokes, the show about comedy. We have one of the four, the, one of the men in the forefront of comedy in Canada. We've known him for decades. We've seen him on uh, Showtime and HBO and the Comedy Network. CBC's Just for Laughs. He's he's you. It's Mike McDonald, is what I'm trying to say. Mike, <laughs> you are the guy. You've done uh, so much stuff. Uh, Claim specials on CBC and Showtime in the U.S. called On Target, My House, My Rules, Happy as I Can Be. Um, so much. Actually, actually, it's funny how uh, people always mistake the title of the third one. It's happy as I can be. As I can be. Yeah. Like, There's yeah, yeah I have to do that. It's, it's, it's more sarcastic. Yeah. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, ah. So yeah. we were talking before the break, Mike, about uh, a movement we have with comedians called Hashtag Comedy is Art. Uh, two things on the table that we are lobbying the government for is uh, reciprocity. That is when Canadian comics go to the States not to pay all the visa fees. And then the other thing, too, is all the 
arts funding that the liberals have allocated to the Canada's Art Council um, to create a category for comedy so comics could apply for these grants and maybe even pay for your tours. And uh, you've had, you know, for guys in your era, you've had it tough. You've done it all yourself. And it must have cost you bajillions just to go work in the States every so often. Um, yeah, I, I was lucky there. Uh, I got my green card very easily. Uh, it was ironic. I had all, you know, I, I, I met all the requirements, the paperwork, the press kit and everything. But I, I remember when the uh, when the immigration official was going through my, my kit, he was looking at all these letters of recommendation. And, you know, since playing it just for last, just about every year, it's like I had all these letters from like people like Jerry Lewis, Milton Berle. And, but the one, wow. you know, he, he was just skimming through all of it. And all of a sudden this letter came up from L- Lily Tomlin. Mm. And he said, oh, I love Lily. Oh, if Lily says you're good enough to be here, welcome to the United States. Wow. And I went, thank you, Lily. <laughs> well, see that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So, um, let's. T- in your words, why do you think comedy is art? Because they're telling us it's not. They wrote a letter back to Sandra Badalini, the Canada Art Council, saying, "Yeah, not so much." Why do you well, think it's art? I, I, I think at at best, uh, a comedian is the uh, perpetrator of the emperor has no clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, like you know, when the Nazis come in and take over, when they took over another country. The first people they would lock up are the intellectuals, the teachers, the the musicians, the artists, and the comedians. Anyone who could basically get in front of a crowd and go, this is BS. And you know what I mean? So, yeah, who could if, sway if, public opinion. Yeah if, yeah, if we were good enough to be rounded up by the Nazis, I think we're good enough to get an art council grant. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. the way you positioned that. <laughs> yeah. So true, right? I think... Yeah. Um, I think as we get together as comics, and that's great if you're going to help us with this, Mike, because you are such a prominent member of the comedic world here in Canada and yeah. contributor. Um, I think we could actually make something of this. I think it's going yeah. to give a lot of comics hope. And uh, when we have some of you guys behind us, um, and I mean, yeah. it's still going to benefit you, hopefully, too. I don't, I don't know if you still have your duel. You, you must still go back and forth if you want. No, no. Actually, I haven't been back to the United States in about five years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, quite frankly, I, I, I do not miss uh, trying to entertain American audiences. I mean, if I could get that Jon Stewart crowd out in front of me every night, it wouldn't be too bad. Mm. But uh, I, I, I remember when my wife and I first decided that we should start thinking about moving back to Canada was when Bush got reelected. And there were <laughs> friends of mine that were getting beat up after shows for making jokes about Bush. Wow. So I, I can only imagine how bad it's going to be now that Trump is going to be president. There, there, there will be blood spilled. Wow. He's going to target. So. <clears throat> Do you think he's going to target the entertainment world and all the people who bashed him? Uh, I, I really, you know, I mean, look how he's reacted to Saturday Night Live already. I know. You know what I mean? If he reacts to that, wait till he gets some really biting satire aimed at him. Oh, my gosh. But, uh, this is crazy, know, it's, actually. Yeah, it's, it's, gonna, it's very scary in a way. Well, Mike, one of the reasons you came back to uh, Canada uh, and you talked pretty openly about it was your health issues. Uh, you were diagnosed with hepatitis C. Yeah, I was... It, it, it was such a fluke because, you know, my, my wife and I, we decided to move back to Ottawa because that's my hometown. Mm-hmm. And uh, about about six months later, after we decided to move on, on a trip to Ottawa to see my dad, who was in the hospital, 
Mm-hmm. My my wife suggested I get a, a a test because I was acting really lethargic, like more so than ever, which I just thought it was, you know, tired of being on the road. But uh, in one blood test, they found out that I had hep C. And immediately wow. my dad, who was unfortunately dying in the hospital, the last thing he said to me was, you can't go back. You have to wow. stay here and get well. And yes. I went, yeah, you're right. Yes. And there is so. something about go, um, coming home to feel better, you know. And yeah, absolutely, you know, being yeah. in your space and the energy that you were raised in, and that sort of thing. Yeah. And plus, the idea that in Canada we realize that healthcare—that's the deal breaker. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't mind paying higher taxes as long as everybody has healthcare. The yeah. irony of the United States: the people who need healthcare the most always vote against. You, know, you see it that? Kills me. It just it kills me. They don't realize it, and uh, you know, and those of us in Canada don't realize our socialized system too. Even though a lot of it's paid for, there's still a lot of non-medical costs associated with being ill. Would you oh, agree? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, and I'm and I've been battling cancer for two and a half years, and the, just the cost of transportation and parking and. And all these other things. Parking alone. Right? <laughs> the parking alone, that's how they get you. The, you know, it adds up. you got to pay 13 bucks for a half an hour. What the hell? Oh, at Princess Margaret, babe, it's 25, 25 bucks a pop just to show yeah, there up. There you go. There you know? You go. But we're going to talk about um, health and the relationship with comedy because uh, this um, past summer, I was at Just for Laughs. I was interviewing a bunch of uh, folks there, and uh, I got a, uh, a private conversation with Howie Mandel. And uh, I told him about uh, my physical uh, situation with cancer, and he mentioned, you know what, you should talk to Mike McDonald because they're doing a documentary called Death and Comedy, right. the relationship between health and comedy. So I want to talk to you about that more after the break on Inside Jokes with Mike McDonald on Talk Radio AM 640. This is Kay Trevor Wilson. You're listening to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi. Akeem Optical makes fine, fine eyewear. Inside Jokes, the show about comedy. That's why we're talking with Mike McDonald, who's performing at um, the Massey Hall New Year's Eve Comedy Extravaganza with Carolyn Ray. Uh, what a lineup, Mike. Um, yeah, so good a pretty to, good lineup. Right? I, I, I noticed that the other day. It was, uh, And I'm looking forward. I haven't seen Caroline in a while, so I'm looking forward to hanging out with her for a bit. Right. I love her to bits. Another yeah. proud export Montreal-born yeah. uh, Caroline who went on to great things. And uh, we were talking before the break um, when I saw Howie Mandel. And I say that because I'm trying to brag so everybody knows that I saw Howie Mandel and I <laughs> took a picture with him. Uh, but it was a brief conversation. Nice guy. Uh, I had actually met him before. And what I love about him, when I met him a couple of years ago at the um, Credit Valley fundraiser here, he specific. I said, I do comedy. And he said, what's your name? And he wanted to store my name. Like, you know, and I thought, what a cool guy, right? And uh, anyway, when I saw him this summer, he had no idea who I was, which I don't blame him. Uh, yeah. I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not exactly moving mountains here in comedy, but he did tell me about you and to speak to you about this documentary, Death and Comedy, which is going to be produced by Bruce Hills of JFL from Lone Eagle Productions. Is that correct? Yes. So what what is that about and when is that going to be released? Um, I have no idea the exact release date. I mean, it's one of those things as soon as they finish it, uh, they'll yeah. try to release yeah. it as soon as possible, Hope, hoping in the new year, January, February. But, 
uh, yeah, they approached me to be the main uh, featured uh, person in the documentary and the, about death and stuff. And it's it's true. I mean, uh, you know, comedy is, to say the least, a, a coping mechanism for people in mm. in, in adverse conditions. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I find it's very therapeutic for myself. I mean, I've always gone with the adage of I play the cards that I've been dealt and talk about what you know. So in my act, I talk about my addiction, my bi- 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 bipolar, manic depressive depression and uh and talk about the transplants and stuff and and when i get people coming up to me afterwards saying stuff like uh it was really nice to hear somebody talk about the same maladies i mm-hmm. have in such a positive way i mean it's it's worthwhile you, you you can see the benefits directly you know and i'd love that you're doing that and i and i've always want to talk to you about this because um so at, at the same just for laughs this year in 2016 i also had the opportunity on the red carpet to interview maria bamford who also speaks about her mental illness in her comedy, yeah. right? Who's also very, very funny. I, I love being right. uh, oh, being God. around her. She is yeah. a, one of a kind, like yeah. right? And we know her, not everybody might know her name, but you might know her from Arrested Development. And right. um, she's also a writer, right? She's she's done some oh, yeah. great work. She's, she's brilliant. I mean, uh, it would be a good thing to look her up on YouTube. Yes, right? She's so funny. So I got to see her perform at JFL, and what a riot. Like, he, she just takes risks as a comedian, as an artist, and gets away with it because she's so good. She's that yeah. good, right? So yeah. uh, one of the things I talked to her about was, um, you know, her using, uh, her talking about her mental illness in her comedy, and she said she was hired by this private group of psychiatrists in the States, and she did a half an hour bit about suicide, and nobody laughed at all. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess the question is, I guess you got to know your audience and uh, probably she would have probably had better luck just in a regular audience rather than a very specified kind of medical. Probably. I mean, I mean, the problem with a lot of doctors in any area is uh, a lot of times they don't get the jokes. No. For example, I was in the hospital for a while there. I had a a, a irregular heartbeat. It was really irregular. And Mm -hmm. uh, when when the doctors examined, they're doing their rounds with the nurses and stuff, and he was saying, "Well, your heart beats way too fast." And I looked up and I said, "Yeah, you should get uglier staff." <laughs> and the nurses <laughs> laughed, but the doctor went, "What? Oh, what? You know well, what the hell was that?" Uh, you know, I'm, it's so true. I um I talk to my oncologist, and when they ask what you do for a living, because they want to know with your health what's associated, right? right? And I said, well, I do stand-up comedy and I have a radio show. And they're like, comedy, wow. And you know how it is. People get so fascinated, right? <laughs> yeah. So they're like, tell me a joke. And I said, well, it doesn't really work that way, right? Yeah, really. <laughs> and so I'll try and do some shtick and they don't get it at all. Yeah, like exactly. I, I do one thing you might like. I talk about CT scans, how they're almost like lying in there as almost like adult video because the voice comes on. It's like, don't breathe, don't move, don't swallow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's some guy behind there going, okay, now you can swallow. <laughs> so I'm trying to do this to amuse myself and get a joke right. out of these guys. Nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> I think I figure anybody who's going to get a CT joke, it's these guys. Nothing. Yeah. So I refuse to tell them any more jokes. They are scientists, though, right? They're, they're just not on yeah, the Well, scene. you know, the problem is they have a very, uh, you know, their the intellect 
and you know yes. the, the you know they're very studied and stuff. So humor it comes to them out of left field. Yeah, we don't want him in our audience. Um, with <laughs> us, uh, I'm very proud to have Mike McDonald on the phone uh, with us from Ottawa. We're talking about the big New Year's Eve gig, uh, something excellent to do this year on New Year's Eve at Massey Hall with Carolyn Ray and Mike McDonald and so many others. More after the break on Inside Jokes Talk Radio AM 640. Hi, this is Sugar Sammy, and you're listening to Inside Jokes with Sandra the Cruiser Carusi. Mm-mm-mm, gotta get me some of that. I am talking to Mike McDonald, because when you think of Canadian comedy, and U.S. comedy, actually, Mike McDonald comes to mind. So funny. One, like, I grew up watching him. I'm, that could be a good or bad thing saying to you, Mike. Do you, do you hate saying Well, it's, it's something I'm <laughs> proud of, the fact that I've made a living off comedy for 39 years now. So that's something. Yes, and whenever you can do yeah. that, that's a joy. I mean, yeah, you've I been on so. Late Night with David Letterman for crying out loud. Just, Once. Well, it Once, counts. And he, and he didn't like me. <laughs> he didn't like you? Back. No, for some reason, I, I freaked him out. It's like... Uh, I, I I I remember bringing uh, a bunch of cigars because I knew he was a cigar yes. smoker, e- even though I wasn't, and I didn't know anything about cigars. I went to a place in Toronto saying, "Give me the best cigars you got," and they got these Cubans that were like a hundred bucks a piece or whatever, and, and so I brought them a dozen, and I gave six wow. to the staff, the producer, the booker, and stuff, and then I gave six to him. And during the break in the commercial, he he leaned over and he said. You know, you don't have to bring presents when you come on my show. And, and I thought, well, we're not getting along because he thinks that I think yes. that a cigar would sway him. It's yes. Just, and I, I tried to explain that it's a Canadian thing. You know, we go to the party, we bring chips or, right. or something to drink. Beer. It's just yeah. that's the way to do it. And we just got off on the wrong foot. It was too bad. You know, that's interesting. I, it's so funny. And I, I don't want to pick on comics in general, but sometimes... We're weird, and he's weird. Well, and, yeah. I mean, I mean, basically, most of us are social misfits, yeah, right? So, so the idea of throwing in like the here's this person I'm supposed to be able to talk to a variety of different people. Yeah, uh, being a comedian is not necessarily the first choice that I would make if I was booking a talk. Yeah. Well, he probably and he's pro- very known more of a recluse type. He was never one the so, social guy, right? No. So, you know, that's and it just struck me when you just told this story now, because now on social media, sometimes I'll like I'm a fan like a lot of comedians are fans of other comedians. Like that's just what we do. Right. Like we're just. Well, yeah, certainly, certainly the good ones. I mean, the the curse of being a comedian is like being a magician. If another guy comes up and pulls a rabbit out of the hat, we go, "Eh, you know, it's a rabbit. Yeah. Anybody could, you know, you have to pull out something really spectacular. But there are people that make us want to raise the bar with our own uh, acts. So who's that? Ones we look up. Well, you know, just uh, you. somebody like 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 Louis C.K. The yeah. first time I realized when he did when I saw him do two shows and something that I thought was completely improv in the first show. He repeated it word for word, the same inflections in the second show. And I went, oh, my God, he's that good. Wow. He's that good that he made me think that was improv the first time. So wow. I was really impressed by stuff like that. Well, and that... It's this, you know, it's the same thing with Robin Williams one time. Yeah. He did two oh, shows, and I thought everything was improv, and then he went into these jokes again, and I went, oh, my God, he's a genius to make it look 
like it's brand new every time. But that's just someone, would you say, really well rehearsed? Because if they're on, to- in to- on tour doing 25 cities, they just are just... You know, Jim yeah. Jeffries does that too. By the way, he is yeah. so right. I mean, I mean, I, I I appreciate that 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 because I think the main problem with most comedians is that is that we're too lazy. We don't apply ourselves enough. I mean, there, there's yep. a lot of comedians that say to me, "Well, what do you do for if you have writer's block and uh, how do you write new jokes?" And I go, well, "Just go back and finish the ones you got." <laughs> you know, like, brilliant line, brilliant yeah. line. I'm going to quote you on that on so many shows coming up. It's funny. So Louis C.K., it's funny because you kind of, you were my first Louis C.K., I think. I think I, I got on to Louis C.K. because something reminds me of him, of you. Yeah. Well, he, Would you say he's that? Just a, he's just a really good storyteller. And, and I believe most of this stuff for him to, you know, I mean, I, I don't always agree with his point of view, but I believe that he, that that is his point of view. Like, the thing that used to bother me, guys like Seinfeld and stuff, I'd sit there and go, ah, the guy's brilliant. The guy's a master mechanic. And he's very funny. Yes. But at the end of the yeah. show, I didn't know who he was at all. Right. I had no clue of what what it would be like to hang out with this guy. With Louie, I, I have an idea of what it would be like to hang out with him. But it's interesting because it works both ways with an audience. People were perfectly fine with a guarded Seinfeld just kind of telling... Uh, external kind of jokes, like nothing of himself, right? Right. Uh, as opposed to someone like like Louis, who's very like um, personal, I guess. Uh, yeah. Did you watch uh, uh, the HBO? It's on, uh, sorry, YouTube. Talking Funny. Uh, I think it was on HBO. It's Seinfeld, Louis C.K., Chris Rock, and Ricky Gervais. Yeah, I actually watched that one. I I made myself sit through it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, was it difficult? <laughs> Well, certain things were difficult, but for the most part, it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I watched this. But there were a couple of times I cringed at yes. what they were saying. But, you know, like for, what? for the like most what? part, it was great. Well, I, I can't remember it yes. exactly because it's one of those things that once I see it, it's like, okay, I've seen it. But yes. it doesn't register real big in my brain So here's as a memory. Well, one question I remember, I can't remember, I think it was Seinfeld asked all the guys, and said, what's the one joke you remember, either yours or someone else's, that still makes you laugh? And Louis C.K. talked about some comedian, he doesn't know his name, who was playing with a guitar. But the joke was, sitting on the duck, no, sitting on a c- Hey. Yeah. I'll right. That one. So, Louis, yeah. So, so I remember that guy. <laughs> that might be partially edited, but anyway, what's the joke? Do you remember that guy? Do you know who that is by chance? I, I, I saw it like, like as soon as he said the joke, I went, Oh, that guy. But right now, I can't remember his name, yeah. really, but I know that guy who said that joke one night in New York, and I remember laughing at it too. Isn't that funny? It's so stupid. It's so stupid. And this is what it, fascinates it, it, me. It, it could have been Bob Saget now that I'm thinking wow. about it. Wow. He used to do the those kind of song parody puns and stuff and, and he was he, dirty he was really as hell. funny yeah yeah he was he was totally different than his tv persona that ended up coming out of full house yes so i i remember in the early 80s when he did the yuck yucks in montreal the first one he killed he and he was one of those acts that did like three hours i mean i couldn't believe wow it. I, you know, bob saget yeah yeah people so, don't know his yeah. his whole separate life in stand-up yeah, and on exactly. kind of who he is because he's a one dirty guy and he could do yeah. that he's actually quite good right yeah he, um, he, he he certainly was at the beginning when i first saw him i mean well, he was amazing 
We're talking comedy with Mike McDonald, who's uh, one of the feature acts at the Massey Hall New Year's Eve comedy extravaganza. And I wanted to ask you after the break what your favorite joke is, yours or someone else's. Uh, more. Okay. Is that cool? I can't yeah. wait because you know what? It always makes me laugh. Comedians make me laugh on what makes them laugh because it's so out there. With Mike McDonald and Inside Jokes, Talk Radio AM 640. I'm South African comedian Trevor Noah, and you're listening to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi on Talk Radio AM 640. We're back with Canadian comedy. I don't want to say royalty. That's used all the time. We'll just say the king, one of the kings, the man. The exiled king. The exiled king, Mike McDonald. I need a couple of dragons to come back. Yeah. And Mike has been around, and I think when we think of Canadian comedy, he has just contributed so much to it, and we're so grateful for your work mike and i want to know what makes you laugh what's the funniest joke uh yours or someone else's that still makes you laugh no matter what it, it, it's strange because uh boy you know it's one of those things where I, I i can't remember joke jokes for the life of me i can remember certain people's but i always draw a blank when somebody asks me but w- one of the funniest things i've ever experienced with other comedians too hanging out was in the old days when we take LSD. I, uh, <laughs> that, that, That's funny. In the old days when we took LSD, <laughs> on Sunday morning when we were coming down, we used to watch the uh, Bible-thumping evangelist on TV, uh, Jimmy Swagger in his heyday, uh, and, and we turned the sound down and we played these albums of Yiddish comedians like Pearl Williams. And it, it was amazing how many times they matched up that it was all this synchronized movement because <laughs> religion basically is show business, you know, yes. the Bible thumpers is show business. And I always remember the the jokes like Pearl Williams, like uh, little jokes, like she, she used to play the piano and, and tinkle on the piano. Instead of doing rim shots, she'd play a little chord on the piano. So she did jokes like, uh, and a guy walks in and the wife's ironing her brassiere and he goes, what the hell are you ironing that for? You got nothing to put in it. I iron your shorts, don't I? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, she's Stuff great. Like yes. And then then that coming out of Jimmy Swaggart's mouth was the funniest thing I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. I sat there and went, oh, my God, it's not just the LSD. This is funny. <laughs> <laughs> Only stoners could come up with that, though. That's actually brilliant. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you know, it's funny you said that. I was at the pitch party Kevin Hart had a pitch party for his new LOL streaming uh, right. site, right? And he had all these pitches and such brilliant people. But what some guys did is they animated old bits from comics like Richard Pryor. Right. So Richard Pryor's famous bit about going to a hooker or whatever it was. Uh, right. And they animated and it was genius. Like we were, Kevin Hart was just in tears laughing. Um, great idea. I don't know what's come of it because I wonder how you get the rights to do that. Um, but anyway, whole different story. Uh, but not far from what you guys were doing. So you guys were doing that a long time ago. It, it, it's ironic that you bring that up because virtually tomorrow night I'll be shooting a demo at Yuck Yucks with a green screen behind me. And I've always wanted to, I mean, it's something I talked about with George Carlin a long time ago. <gasps> I always wanted to do the illustrated comedy thing. And shows like Drunk History have parts of the formula that I want to incorporate and what you're talking about, the animation thing. Yes. It, it, it could be a slice of the things you could do in the formula, but 
uh, hopefully w- w- when I get the demo done, I'll be able to show it to you. But it's the idea that I've always thought that uh, comedy on TV, like stand-up on TV, it's the only art form that doesn't use the medium it's presented in. For all the things you could do hmm. on television, comics just go, no, I, I, I just need a microphone and a stool. That's mm-hmm. that. That's it. You could do it. You know what I mean? So um, I'll, hopefully I'll be able to do this thing. And then uh, and then I want to do my next special as the illustrated uh, Mike McDonald. Oh. Show you all these different things that uh, that can be done on television rather than just standing. I mean, standing there works live always, you know, yes. live, live stand up works. If, if the guy's good or the or, or the woman's good. I mean, it's. It's just good is good. Mm-hmm. But on TV, I think we're missing the boat on being able to use all the things that we can use on TV. So true, right? There's so many yeah. resources to us. I want to flip back quickly to uh, just back to your health challenges and maybe how it's um, affected or improved your comedy, um, especially because of that documentary, Death and Comedy, which will be coming out. Uh, we'll have to watch out for it in the next year right. or so. Um because uh, I know for me, battling cancer, um, you know, it. I've, I've actually become a little funnier. Uh, my shows are going very well. I keep getting booked, so I must be okay. And yeah. I think there's a correlation. Would you agree, Mike, like with your challenges? I certainly. I think anytime somebody goes through a life-threatening experience, uh, they tend to focus on their priorities. And certainly mm-hmm. with me, it was a blessing in disguise. When I first had my liver transplant, I could not remember a word of my act. I thought I would never, ever perform oh, again yeah. because I just couldn't even remember anything and I couldn't even understand the idea of the mental state to go on stage and do jokes. I thought it was so foreign. Mm-hmm. But uh, thank God for me, when I started again, 80% of the new jokes worked right away because they're, they're the only ones I can remember. Mm-hmm. And But then I had to go back and study tapes of myself to be Mike McDonald. And the greatest thing was when I'd hear a joke, I'd laugh out loud and then I'd realize, oh, yeah, that's my joke. I can do that again. So it it was looking at the body of work with a new perspective. Mm -hmm. And like right now, the the live show that I do, it's like half greatest hits and half the new stuff that that really works well. Well, you know, I've been very lucky that way. Yeah. And I just I kind of just admire that so much because I remember, too, when I was told I had to go into chemo and one of the first thoughts, of course, is how am I going to care for my kids after this? Because chemo chemotherapy affects cognitive functioning and memory. Uh, And then the other thing which I cried in hysteric was I'm not going to be able to do comedy again. And that was like taking an appendage at that point. Yeah, Um, exactly. See, and I think you only few of us could really relate to that at the thought that our art will be taken from us um, because we can't speak or we can't remember. And um, I guess it's a it's a win win for both of us who have been able to come back from such horrible uh, experiences. And and hopefully uh, people listening will be inspired by this. This is the holiday season and people get down and and it's time to hear people like Mike McDonald inspiring us that you could come back from anything and still come back. I mean, the guy is performing at Massey Hall New Year's Eve after a liver transplant and still battling mental illness on top of it all with bipolar disorder. So impressive, Mike McDonald. We're going to have more with you um, after the break on Inside Jokes Talk Radio, AM 640. Hey you, I'm Maggie Casella, and you're listening to Inside Jokes with my friend Sandra Carusi on Talk Radio AM 640. 
Nailed it. Inside Jokes. This is the show about comedy and Massey Hall's New Year's Eve comedy extravaganza. Carolyn Ray, Aisha Brown, Steve Dillon, Nigel Grinstead, Julia Hladkowitz. She hates when I do that. I don't blame her because I always seem to do that. (laughs) Marita Lopez, Ted Morris, Dom Pare. He's been here too. The Wipeouts. And on the phone with us, Mike McDonald. What a show. Yeah, it's, uh, you get your money's worth, that's for sure. I was going to say, that's that's value, the Costco pack of comedy. Yeah. you go, uh, That's a guaranteed fun night out on New Year's Eve. What a great way to spend New Year's Eve, too, because you don't necessarily have I to think dress so. up. And, and especially after 2016 has taken, like, yeah. uh, a friend of mine, Simon Rakoff, just came up yes. with a joke the, the other night when I was hanging out with him. He said... Uh, uh, this year's Oscars, they should uh, they should read a list of people that would, who didn't die because it'd be shorter than the in memorandum. Two thousand sixteen has been a you know ah the worst year for yeah. celebrity death you know yes uh, and, and and just death all around. I mean everybody's yeah. got a personal story of somebody that they lost. It's crazy darkness, but we're coming yeah. back. And what a, you're like you said it. What a great way to bring in the new year with some positive comedy with inspirational people like you. Um, tell us uh, what else you got going on. You have your animated special. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to get that done in the new year for sure. And uh, we're doing the demo tomorrow night, actually. And uh, we'll see. We'll see if we can get it going. We'll see if people react to it the same way I, I, would, I would hope they would react to it. Well, of course. You're Mike McDonald. Why wouldn't we? We love Mike McDonald. <laughs> right? Of course we do. I wish you ran show business, and then I wouldn't have to worry about it. Well, if you didn't get the memo, I actually am. I'm going to change a little <laughs> bit of this comedy action. I uh, yeah. I didn't get cancer for nothing. I'm here to change uh, yeah. things. It, it, it certainly would be nice. I mean, for me, uh, it would be so nice if people in charge of comedy actually love comedy to begin with. Wow. What a great comment. What, what do you mean by that, quickly? Well, there's a few good people out there, obviously, that love comedy and respect it. But for the most part, you know, a lot of people in charge of comedy are Mm -hmm. not are not the people that I would first pick on that team. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that's evolving. That's changing. There's a new blood coming in and I'm glad to be proud of it. We're using this show as a launch pad for that. And thanks uh, for being on the show today, Mike, and uh, for joining us in the hashtag comedy is art movement that is going to be coming into a big, big event in 2017 as we lobby government to deem comedy an art form here in Canada once cool. and for all. Mike McDonald, buy your tickets, Massey Hall, and Carolyn Ray, and so many more. Thanks for joining us. We're gonna Thank be he- you. We're going to be My hearing... My pleasure. You know, you're the best. One of the funniest bits from Mike McDonald soon on Comedy Rx. I'm Santa Carusi. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Techie Tom. More on Inside Jokes, Talk Radio, AM 640. Hey, it's Techie Tom, this week's Comedy Rx featuring Mike McDonald. So nice to be uh, back in front of a Canadian audience. I I much prefer Canadian audiences. Uh, Yeah. That's a fact. Uh, American audiences are always like, make me laugh. Canadians, you're just happy we showed up. Hey, they're here. The show started on time, yes. They seem to be in a good mood. They want to make us laugh. That's great. Yeah. Another thing I love about Canadian audiences is you get little things like sarcasm. Okay. A lot of American sarcasm. It's like a dog looking at a fan. They can't figure out how the wind keeps coming at them. Okay. Our, 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 our. 
There's one joke I, I, I would always love to do in front of an American audience. I'd always do this joke. I go, Hi, I'm from Canada. Canada is a great place for you Americans to go on vacation because we look like you, we talk like you, we eat like you, and I understand that's what you prefer in a foreign country. <laughs> they never got that one. <laughs> what the hell's he talking about? I'm not sure, but I think he's making fun of us. Another amazing comedy RX to wrap up our show. Thanks to Dean Young, our producer, Vince Tedesco, Techie Tom, and our intern, Tevin. Check us out on social media at Inside Joke 640. Thanks for listening each and every week. I'm Sandra Carusi, and you've been listening to Inside Jokes on Talk Radio AM 640.